You have said dumb Wait, is shit. Is it recording? It's fucking recording. Welcome to episode 190. Matt, Ian, go! Ian, you have said some really dumb shit. Alright, to catch everybody up on this cold open, Matt was slighted years ago by a comic store employee. I thought it was a blatant slight. Ian says the slight was... Correct. Oh, the no, 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 no. may it, have had some warrants. I'm not sure who it. was in the right. Or, right, I did say I'm not sure who was in the right. You did have a piece of merchandise in your hand that you were mishandling at the time before you purchased it. Is that correct, Matt? No, I don't believe I you was are, mishandling. You, you rolled a comic rolling, book up rolling, in your you hand, twisting it up before you purchased. Is that right? You were bending the comic book. I pre-purchase have been handling comic books for many years. Please answer the question, sir. <laughs> yes the, or no, did you bend the comic book in your hand? Did you roll it in your hand? Because I don't I don't think you creased it, but you rolled it. I I did have it curled a little bit. Guilty. <laughs> Next question. No, I mean Matt, like seriously, I feel like you were you from how you demonstrated it to me. Yeah. I wasn't there. You're looking no. at me as if I was there. No. But I wasn't there. You explained it and demonstrated. I'm looking at you like you're stupid because well, I'm explaining like I've I've explained this to you before. The way and you know right. this, Ian, you know this. You're just being dumb. I What the fuck? I, this is going to fall <laughs> on my head. That was God throwing that on your head because you're being bombastic for no reason. Listen. No, because you're being you're being insult me again. Go ahead. Ian, no I'm a little surprised that you're you're playing well, devil's well, advocate listen, because let me, he can't let me help himself. The, no, let me finish the story here. But go ahead, defend yourself, and then I'll continue. So, whenever I was holding the comic book, I was holding it in a way that that treats the comic book in a way that I am least likely to get any of my fingerprints and or oils from my hand into the page. If you just simply grab the comic with your first finger and your thumb, your fingerprints will get on the book. But if you actually hold just the edges of the comic book, the way I was holding it, it's actually better for the book and it leaves no permanent curl or damage. Not to mention I was going to buy it. And you were, and And, you were, but you were folding a piece of merchandise. Folding? No. Folding? Um, Curling. How is curling acceptable in this case? Yes. We will have to take a. You will have to demonstrate. Maybe I'm even misremembering the way that you. I'm not. Paul, I grab, know you fucking. Me a comic book. I, like I know that. No, I know that you're not. Hold it. Hold it for me, right? If, if I'm holding it like right. this and I'm walking around the store all sweaty and shit. How um, sweaty are you, motherfucker? Go to the comic book. I don't know. Knock it off. He is Italian. He's probably got olive oil That's all racist. over that. Shut book. the fuck up. That's right. I sweat olive oil. So I'm walking around. If you leave your thumb in place on a comic book cover for, let's say, 10 minutes as you walk around the store, you are going to leave an impression of your thumb. But if you curl the book like I have here. Hold it up to the jewelry. Okay. And and you just kind of keep it like that. It's kind of loose where you're not like gripping it. It's less likely. Here, watch. 
It just went right back to its flatness. Did you, vi- did you video that? I I do you want me to do you no, want no, me no, to no. I, here, I look. picture recorded it. Like, look, wait, wait, wait. I just I picture want... recorded it. What the fuck kind of sentence was that? It makes about as much sense as you coming it... after me for this. No, 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 look. no. You're just all re- you're you're predisposed to being upset with me right now. Look, so. Ian. Is this curled? Um, it's bent. It okay. is bent. It okay. is bent. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're a, you're a maniac if you think that's not bending something that you haven't purchased yet. All right. Okay. Hold on. I'm gonna put it. Uh, I'm placing it on the table. Yeah, Matt. Oh I understand. God, it but you are bending flat. It. it laid perfectly flat. Right. Look at that damage. Look at the damage to that comic book. So it can- will never be read because of the damage that has been done to that comic book for holding it in a way that gets less fingerprints the on it. The continuation of what I was saying was Look that- at how bent the spine is now. You're more likely to bend the spine holding it like this, Ian, than the way that you fucking criticize me no, for you're, holding No, it. you're not, Matt, because everybody holds it like that. And no like one has... Yeah, every, yeah, people hold comic books like that, Matt. And in the history of people being at the comic book store, no one has ever been scolded for holding it in that fashion. That's because I encountered a total fucking douchebag dipshit. Possibly. Um, now, Possibly? Possibly? Wh- you know he is. Why are you doing this? You know he is. You, you fucking know he is. And you know what else? You know what the follow-up was. What you was asshole? the follow-up? The follow-up was, oh, I'm going to buy it. He said, don't bend the merchandise. I said, oh, that's okay. I'm going to buy it. And you know what he fucking said? I don't know if your credit card's going to get approved oh, or denied. Oh, right, it's Matt. a $2.99 comic book. It's right. because you look like a scumbag. He didn't trust you. Right, Matt. And this is what I was going to say if you ever gave me a chance, but you were too angry, too upset, too prone to jump down my throat to let me finish my sentence. And what I was going to say... No, go ahead. Would you like to continue to interrupt me? Yeah, because I'm the one known as the interrupter. You, but you but you are. It doesn't matter what you're known for. It matters what you do. I didn't interrupt. Actually, you did. But I did oh. not. When the fuck did I interrupt? I said nothing, and you're like, go ahead and interrupt. You're technically interrupting right now. Believe me, I know. I'm the master interrupter. Matt, what I was going to say is that this that is a light little, if maybe not, an offense. It is questionable to hold a book in that manner i've gone to the comic book shop for many years i've never i've never seen anyone walk around with comics that they haven't purchased in that fashion i've never seen it maybe they're not as astute and as well trained as you at holding the comic book in an in a greaseless fashion probably not impossible he's italian that's the fashion the is fuck, always man. greased. Get the fuck out of here with that. Anyway, Ian, Matt, you know the way that I was holding the book. I do. In no way was damaging it. You know that I it, didn't. Damage it wasn't it. a damaging fashion, but it is odd that you would hold it that way. And it is in within the rights of the person at the store to say, "Hey, man, could you not hold it that way?" Or Something like that. That's ridiculous. That oh, is okay. absurd. But but then that this person also has a long history. The I don't know if your credit card's going to be declined out of bounds. The person is in the wrong. And that's where I was going to say, that's where I was going to take this story if you didn't get volcanically upset with me and hit play and now we're in the middle of the podcast. That's where I was going to go. But since your anger overwhelmed you, that this is where we Stop are. Stop attacking Matt. I made him hit play. 
Oh no no, no I don't give a shit. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I let's be clear, just so that way you know there's no misunderstandings. I was agitated at your ignorance and or constant devil's advocate kind of approach to any kind of topic you because you like to argue. You like to be the voice of um, the, the voice of devil's advocatism. Devil's advocacy. I actually was called the voice of reason to my face about this podcast this weekend. Ironically. Well, they haven't heard this particular argument. They've yet. heard every episode. They know. So... Anyway, but do you think that maybe whenever I'm having these conversations with you that it leads to a back and forth, a good conversation, that sometimes the podcast needs a devil's advocate to stir up the kind of raw emotions from the usually stoic Matt Cassell that this podcast desperately needs? Isn't that a good thing, Matt? Does it desperately need yeah, I don't raw think it emotion? Desperately needs Do we not get I think enough that was pretty raw fucking, emotion? I think that that was good. You, okay, you well just, then, let's let's not do that then. Let's have a nice, genteel, calm podcast. In, what I'm saying is, I don't think the pot needs stirred to get raw emotion out of you know one what? of us and on I, any given night. And I think you're a dummy. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, right. I, I like that you guys were stunned by me calling you a dummy. Continue. I called you a dummy five seconds ago. I know, and I wasn't stunned. And I'm you not know a, that Matt's fucking I'm right. Because I'm not a. In this not particular a, argument, argument, you know Matt's right. Dude was dude. Yeah, was I do know Matt's dick. right. And that's then where why my did whole, you say then? I don't know who was in the right. You and did then it I was because you were to, no, because I was starting a story about how you're small. That is a small offense, maybe. Not to the point of him even saying anything, but that is something that's weird. Like, dude, no, it's weird it's, to it's hold indef- it that way. Have you it's ever held a fucking comic book like that? It's no, indef- no, but it's it's indefensible for the the kind of heat that he brought on Matt. Right, and that's where I was going to go with it. But it starts with a small possible offense from Matt that is ramped up exponentially with him saying, with him insulting Matt with. I don't know if your credit card... You broke, motherfucker? I don't know what the shit you got in your wallet. a $3 comic book. Right. So, I'm agreeing with you. But, no, you... Bullshit! (laughs) You are so... You're like Paul was last week. You're saying you're fucking agreeing, but you're not. You're like, I don't know who was right. And then you're like, I think what I just said was kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. No, that's exactly where I was going with it. That's where I was going with it. Welcome to one hun- episode 190 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name's Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Fighting Ian Sharply. The devil's advocate, Ian Sharply. Oh, that's your persona. Yes, please. From now on, the devil's advocate, Ian Sharply. And Matt. The defender of truth and justice. Cassell. Matt. Co- greasy... <laughs> Comic book folding. Matt you were going to say Dago. I heard that. It no, is Monday night. You're the racist April one, not 10th, me. And tonight we're going to talk about the 
Invincible movie announcement, uh, executive produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. We're going to talk about four Batman movies in one year because DC has lost their fucking minds. And we're also going to talk about the super 70s uh, Thor Ragnarok trailer, which released today, which um, absolutely blew my mind. So... We got some cold open started. We got our our furnaces fired up. We're all excited, ready to go. Ian, give us a passionate, passionate housekeeping. Act like act what? like you were unreasonably fighting with one of us when you give this housekeeping. I never do that. McSauce.com is where you can find <laughs> reasonable and sensible web comics, podcasts, and comic book reviews. If you go to the Facebook page, you can have a nice little debate with me if you'd like. A little fight if you want. Uh, we have an Instagram page. Check that out as well. We post some uh, unfinished artwork and progress. Also finished artwork. And finished artwork. We do finished artwork. We promote our... Uh, we have some YouTube stuff that we've been doing lately. We put that out there. We also have a classic feed for all you McSauce Listeners that would like to go back to the first episode that we, you know, started when when where it all began, the root of us fighting with each other. So go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find all the mcsauce stuff. Uh, I'd like to get a, a shameless plug out of the way here. Um, I'd like to thank everybody that stopped out at Steel City Con this weekend and saw little old me at my booth that I had there. I had some fans of the show stop by. Uh, Daniel Dewing stopped out. Ryan, Kelly, and Lee from the Gearbox Union all stopped out and said what's up and talked to me about some podcast uh, goodness. Kelly talked to me a little bit about the Superman Batman episode where we had a little bit of a debate about uh, Superman and whether Lex Luthor knew about Superman and Batman or not. And we also talked about uh, it because I've been on a big it kick lately. So yeah, I'd like to thank everybody that stopped out and saw me at the Steel City Con. So yeah, what do you guys want to fight about today? Well, it really doesn't matter because whatever we talk about, you'll <laughs> say the opposite. Is that true? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. You know what? I disagree with that. So why don't we why don't we kick things off? Why don't we all start on the same page and we'll see what we can ramp up with news of Robert Kirkman. Oh, this is great. He I'm excited of, for this. He of Walking Dead fame, the writer, create partial creator whoa, whoa, whoa. of the Walking you mean Dead. Of Battle Pope fame. Yeah. That's the same he, guy. The guy that created Battle the Pope. The guy that created Battle Battle Pope. He also did this little indie book called The Walking Dead. Nobody which, knows that. Which has turned into a cultural phenomenon. Uh, he wrote a superhero book called Invincible. Still with, writing, um, correct? Yeah, it's yeah, going to end writing. this year. I think it ends in July. Who is, what's the artist's name? Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley is the artist. The original artist, the co-creator, was a guy named Corey Walker. <clears throat> who drew maybe the first year's worth so of So it kind of went down the same way The Walking Dead did. It was Charlie Adler first. And no. The, and then no. it was the other guy. It was Tony Moore first. Tony Moore and then Charlie Adler. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, Robert Kirkman likes to start with one guy and then 
kick him off the boat to fame for another guy. Right. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm done with you. Now let's let's get this thing moving with somebody else. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I think actually both guys, both Tony Moore and um, Corey Walker had some trouble maybe meeting their monthly deadlines and, and just kind of stepped away. But that was before either book really found massive success. So, I mean, whatever. It's kind of funny. I actually like Corey Walker and um, Tony Moore. Tony Moore better than their uh, successors. I agree with that. I agree with that. I disagree with whatever you guys just said. Well, you don't really disagree, but you like to find the other opinion. Right. Yeah. Like, I, you don't truly support the other opinion. You just have to voice it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I think that leads to good conversation. Well, and that's we the voice a, of reason if I ever heard it. We do a conversational podcast, so good thing I'm here, right? So Invincible has been uh, picked up by producers of AMC's Preacher, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Who is Evan Goldberg? Fill me in. He's his writing partner uh, that doesn't really take any, like he's he's not on screen or anything, but mm-hmm. he is the person that's been writing with uh, Seth Rogen for Ever since he's gotten to Hollywood, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> wrote "This Is the End" with Seth Rogen. Yeah, did we? And you guys I liked that, "This Is the End," correct? I liked it a lot, and I think that uh, I can't. Jay Baruchel was that his name? Yeah, Jay Baruchel is like the on-screen sort of persona of Evan Goldberg. Like that's who that character is supposed to be. Who? Jay Baruchel from the. Man seeking the co-star woman. of This Is the End with it's about him and Seth Rogen's relationship. Oh, yeah, 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 This yeah, Is the yeah, End yeah. is about um, uh, Seth Rogen goes to Hollywood, becomes a big right. movie star, and his friend from you know Canada comes yeah. down to visit him, and that's it's essentially their relationship. Right. Okay. So the Invincible, the Invincible comic book is pretty pg-13 uh geared there's a lot of violence there's a lot of blood i don't think there's a lot of blatant sexuality like something like preacher but it's pretty graphic it's yeah it is it's so funny because it it it's such a a crazy mix of kind of like the character type development and and character arcs that you would find in like the initial Ultimate Spider-Man run by Brian Michael Bendis and kind of that teenage angst mixed with complete over-the-top, like, Garth Ennis-type... What would be... I I guess Preacher, really, Mm -hmm. right? Preacher... Well, you've read both Preacher, Ian, and Invincible. Yes, I have. Would you say that Preacher, like, kind of like that over-the-topness is kind of present in Invincible? I would say it's close, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, they kind of go for that. And there's like a juxtaposition of the sort of like sweetness of a like 60s creation um, superhero yep. into like what is typically thought of as like a 90s or 2000 character. Mm-hmm. It's and, so funny. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's oh no, so funny the way that it started because it was so simple, especially like the first issue. There was not a hint that this was going to go into like 
preacher territory in terms of what to expect with its over the top violence and language and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. it it ended up going there. I don't think we can really say Invincible goes into preacher territory. I haven't read a whole lot of it. I didn't read the whole run of Invincible. I think maybe I only read six trades, but that's as Invincible many as I read. Doesn't really touch preacher territory well, because I, preacher is just wanton sex and violence. Well, the, and the violence just over the top. I think the violence over gets the close top to it. filth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like like preacher hits all of the bases. Uh, anything that can be offensive in preacher is left bare. They open it, they make it wide open. Invincible is just violent. Yeah. It's just really violent. And that's what Matt was saying. He was just saying violence. I don't think it was... Yeah, that, you know, that's there's, specifically what I was getting at. The yeah, like there's... I yeah, mean, but, preacher, that, but it, that's why I don't think you can relate it to Preacher. Preacher is is a way more visceral book on so many levels. I don't think you, compare, you can compare the two of them. Well... Okay, then what would since you've read six trades and that's probably where I've been as well. What would you compare the violence in? Uh, in well, is that well? Let, let me go back. Can I compare it to Logan? Yeah, sure, sure. Because there's the um, you know, there's a lot of like morals that still take place in Invincible. Your hero is still the hero, um, but like no one's. No one's getting like fucked in the ass by a dominatrix prostitute. Yeah, like you know, there's there's violence and there's bad language, but there's no, I mean, there is, there's no real over the top, uh, like X rated stuff in that in that book. And and for maybe some of the people listening that don't know Invincible or that aren't familiar with Invincible, Matt, you're more of the invincible expert what could you uh summarize it real quick for the folks out there um so it's about a character named mark grayson who it starts out where he his dad is like basically like superman on earth uh he's an alien from another planet who has superman like abilities and he ended up marrying a regular you know woman who is housewife to um to a couple kids and and the older boy who's a teenager mark grayson is just waiting to get his superpowers and in the first issue it starts out he doesn't have them yet and halfway through the issue if i remember correctly he like goes to throw he's taking out the trash and he goes to throw the the garbage bag and it goes soaring through the neighborhood or whatever and he's like oh it's about time so he finally gets his powers but you know if I also, if I remember correctly, that first issue, he's like sitting on the toilet, taking a crap, reading a comic book and, and his mom's trying to talk to him through the door. And it's just so funny, like seeing, you know, future Superman in in that kind of position. But, um, it, I felt like it, it really kind of explored the humanity of these kind of characters, much like, the Walking Dead explores the humanity of its cast of characters. It's an incredibly character-driven storyline, but in this case, it's not zombies and the apocalypse. It's superheroes. And then eventually he meets other people from his dad's home world, and he befriends other uh, superheroes, and they form teams. And um, 
you know, it's got the whole romance thing covered. It's actually a, a fantastic comic book. One of the best superhero stories. I, I really regret that I stopped reading it. I think I just kind of, you know, missed an issue. And then next thing you know, you miss two issues to the point where you're not even trying to get caught up. You get you're so like a lapsed comic book reader on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so that's uh, sort of like a traditional superheroes origin story. That there's there. I'm not going to give away the twist, but there's a twist, and so and good. that's sort of the crux of the series from the so point good. that I read up to. So I think that that could possibly be something that's interesting. Uh, there isn't any other news about potential casting. It's it's pretty much only the writing team so far. But it is sort of a milestone in the fact that it's something outside DC and uh, Marvel. At this point, you know, it's an image property, and there hasn't been really an image property, to my knowledge, in mm -hmm. a while that's made it to the silver screen. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that the last thing is, um, you know, uh, Kick Ass wasn't an image property, but was. Um, Wanted was. Wanted was, yeah. So Wanted was the last image comic. But from what I understand, Wanted. Is it wanted or wanted? Wanted. So none of us say it the same. I say wanted because... Well, well I say wanted. I say wanted. Wanted. Oh, so you both say it the same. Do you want something or do you want something? You want something. I don't know. Maybe so you're I'm, wanted. You know what? Matt's changing me around. I want something. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm being the devil's advocate on this one. No, dude. you're not because we're in agreement. So anyway, did you like Wanted? I didn't see the movie. You didn't see you No? Know? No, I had we heard... heard you didn't see Wanted? No, I didn't see Wanted. Um, it's just the way you guys say it, you don't enunciate in any of the letters. I've never... We do too. We announced the T and the D, Wanted. I've never... You did not. You were like, want, wanted, wanted. When we say it wrong, we do, Wanted. But when you say it like a normal person, wanted. it's Wanted. Yeah. Wanted. I mean... It sounds like you're saying one. In. You know what? It's a fucking shitty word. Someone should have made up this a better is an word. Interesting for I've never seen a wanted for the poster. past tense of wanting something. Wanting. It sounds like bunting. It's, there's no U. It's an A. It's a fucking A. Wanted. I've never heard anybody pronounce it. Maybe that's you know what? Maybe that's the way to say it. Maybe that's the correct pronunciation. Stop. I don't possibly, fold. Don't fold I on could me. Possibly. Now. Don't fold on me now. Wrong. No. You know I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to look in the wanted ads. You can look in the wanted. Yeah. McSauce fans, please let us know. Wanted or wanted. This right, is a on. good. This is a good time for a movie studio to pick up. Invincible, because if they want a superhero franchise that is uber violent, then yeah. this is this is like the time to do it. After Deadpool, after Logan, uh, Invincible is at its you know it, it has a, a good moral story, a good solid superhero story, but it is also over the top violent, and this is. This is a way to meet the current superhero film zeitgeist. Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm I'm kind of taken aback that there haven't been more announcements with this being the golden age of superhero comic books. Like, when is that Spawn announcement? When are some people going to, you know, option Savage Dragon or other things like that? Because 
I think that there is a market for different superheroes in a different light, not from Marvel and DC. So I don't know. I agree with that. Can I just say something? Play, play wanted, please. It's it's not okay. So dictionary.com <laughs> lets you play the audio. Right. In this case, it's just the word want, or is it want? I don't know. Want? I mean, you're the. I I say want. You say want. Right. Oh fuck. Wow. I think it's kind of how you so guys say it. You say so when you're just saying the sing the singular. You say, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Not what do you want? Would that it were that you want? <laughs> I, I do not say... A cheeseburger. Say, I do not say want. It sounds like bunt with a W. And that's just wrong. Or should I say rung? <laughs> this is, Matt, that's ridiculous. It's, You're it's, ridiculous. It's, it's want. It's wanted. No one says want or wanted. Unless you're like severely, severely British. <laughs> it's like a condition. So you're severely British. You're severely British. <laughs> so um, the Rogue and Goldberg machine has really only stepped into the comic book world, I believe, with AMC's Preacher series. They've okay. done a lot of their own projects, but as far as adapting, they've only done Preacher. Which has been met to um, critical success. I think uh, fans are probably a little more <clears throat> seventy. I'd say seventy thirty in favor of um, hit a lot of marks. Uh, missed missed on a handful. Is this the? Are these the guys you want shepherding Invincible? I'd prefer if it was Robert Kirkman. Well, I'm sure he's going to have executive, you know, producer. I've always felt like he actually was very hands-off on The Walking Dead, whether his name is attached to it or not. It's like, I I almost feel like for TV, they were like, yeah, we're going to change this, we're going to change that. He's like, that's cool, that's cool. He's He's been hands in the pie the whole way. Yeah, okay, I mean... This the, is not speculation. Like this is fact. the tone of The Walking Dead on TV is so vastly different than what he writes on the page. It's it's crazy. Like the pacing is is night and day. It's it's obvious there's there's influence um, or his lack of influence. Well, there's absolutely outside influence, but he's been an integral part of making the show since day one how do you say that but like how do we know that because it seems like it it's because nothing like has, how he writes because he's had multiple writing credits he's an executive producer and through seven seasons of executive producer doesn't mean anything everyone knows that and, but he has written in recent he's, um, he's written a ton of episodes yeah and after seven seasons of watching the talking dead he's been on the show a ton of times and you've heard uh, Scott Gimple, the current showrunner, Gail Hurd, you know, another exe- executive producer, Greg Nicotero, one of the chief creators of the show. They all defer to Robert Kirkman. They all talk about Robert Kirkman's mm-hmm. vision. And he's also come out and said that he is sort of in the process of maybe uh, adapting or writing wrongs that he feels he wrote into the original 
uh, Walking Dead series that he's changing things as he goes because he feels like he's writing stronger or he thinks that he wants to take characters in a different way. He's come out and said that, I mean, the whole Shane thing is an example of him changing dramatically the way a character was handled. And, mm-hmm. and that was sort of like, I feel like that was a, a success or maybe some of the other things have been less successful, but that gave him the, um, the the courage or the, the like the push to do that with other characters other plot lines so he he's actively changing stuff mm-hmm. yeah he's been a big part of this since the very beginning there's i mean he there's been plenty of other hands in the pot okay for, that's fair as well but in that case i probably don't want him to be involved with uh, the movie and whoever is making the movie probably just stays true to the to the source material. It's kind of sad that the guy that creates the shit can't stay true to the source material. Who's who is making this? Let's see here. Um, I don't think we have a director yet. Oh, Universal's making this. So I I think that yeah no no director or anything just like a um, pr- uh, production in the company. That is releasing it. So, yeah, uh, I think that it's... uh, I'm trying to think. I'm sure that all the other companies are looking for their piece of the superhero pie. Right, and that's cool. And I think they should... Look, you were saying before that um, it's been kind of surprising that Image hasn't really done more... And while I agree with that, it seems like it's not necessarily comic book movies that are doing incredibly well. Like they're, you know, sometimes they're hit and miss. It's particularly superhero movies and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's particularly Marvel superhero movies. That's a good point. That man. are doing really well. So Image isn't exactly known for their superhero stable. You know, right. Do I think they could make a great... Spawn movie, yeah, of course. Could they make a great Savage Dragon movie? Yes. I mean, think how fucking cool a Savage Dragon movie would It'd be. It'd be pretty awesome. I feel like it's it's sort of tailor-made to see those big characters, those big, bold characters on the silver screen. Yep. This is a great point, though, Matt, um, because they've been trying to make... Super, they've been making comic book movies for you know 20 years now, and not all of them have been such a big hit. That have not, you know, Sin City. The last Sin City is a good example. Or the last three hundred. Yeah, exactly. Like the some of the shine was off of that property just because it was a comic book movie, didn't translate. But superheroes are the hot thing right now. Right, which kind of sucks because, as we know, there's so many good comic books that are that go beyond superheroes. But with that said, Invincible is a great, great superhero comic book. And it's so much better than just about anything at Marvel or anything at DC. It's really that good. And it absolutely deserves to be made into a series of movies because there's no way you're going to tell that that big of a story in, in one movie. Yeah, it seems like a pretty big story. What do you think? What? How would they compact it into one if they're just going to... I have no like, idea. I, yeah. I would probably make maybe take it to... One movie? I don't Cause know. Because they'd have to, I think that they would have to shorten it up and put like. I don't want to say the, the twist. twist. Yeah, like they'd have to put that like. That has to ar- be in like there. Early but... or halfway through. Like yeah. that has to be like the the crux of the movie. I, I feel. have no idea. It, maybe yeah. you, if, if you were going to condense it into one, you'd 
probably have to take the twist out. Yeah. Hmm. If you were talking about, you know, a movie and a sequel or cause that the twist would be a great ending point for the first movie mm-hmm. or, uh, a trilogy, you know, the twist could happen in the second movie. Yeah. That would, that would probably work the best thematically. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like seriously, this could be a series of movies that goes like 10 movies. I'm not even kidding, but seriously, Robert Downey Jr. has been Iron Man in how many different movies? Oh, uh, at least probably like, 10. Mm, yeah, probably close to. I mean, you know, like Hugh Jackman, definitely 10, 11, somewhere around there. So you can do it. Right. So like if if this proves successful and it could because it really is that good, um, they could they could be looking at 10 movies over the course of 20 years. Who the hell knows? You know, you get somebody that is in his late teens, maybe early 20s and and take it all the way into his thirties. I mean, it's, it's conceivable. I think it could happen. Do I think it will? Probably not. It'll probably be a trilogy or something. Honestly, I mean like that's what these studios are looking for is the next, like especially universal because I mean it universal revived Harry Potter just because it didn't have like a main series to put out there, you know, um, wait, they, 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 they brought Harry Potter back. Like, they brought the franchise back because they don't have a yearly or every other year franchise to bank on. Universal? That was Warner Brothers has Harry Potter. I thought Universal did. No, that's or, Warner Brothers. Or Warner Brothers. Or wait, well, that's who. That was one. They brought that back because of that, because it's like a series. And any of those things, Warner Brothers brought back Harry Potter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean they because J.K. Rowling was done writing those books. Right. I, I just got the studio wrong. But is Univer- is Warner Brothers doing Invincible? No, so, no. So Universal is what I'm. What I mean, I'm confusing it. Warner Brothers brought back Harry Potter because they wanted more franchises mm-hmm. in their stable. That's something that's profitable for every movie movie franchise. Right. Universal, I think. Does Universal have? Universal has Universal's Universal got, Monsters, right? right? They've got which the, they're trying to develop, mm-hmm. and they're and they're trying to add maybe this Invincible property. Well, they to also their have Godzilla and King Kong now, right? So they're trying to like build it out, mm-hmm. you know. So that yeah, they're they're gonna start their whole monster line with the mummy. The the it looks terrible, but I thought that they technically started it with Dracula, and they're gonna roll that in together. What, what Dracula? The Dracula Untold that happened. Two years ago, I oh, thought was going to be part I didn't of this. See that fucking thing? Uh, I did. It wasn't really good. It wasn't very scary because it was PG thirteen, and they got some good people what? in it. Was uh, it a, a horror movie or was it an action movie? It was an action movie, and yeah, that's the why mummy that looks was like the an action problem. Movie. Yeah, he was an action hero. Um. So yeah, they're you know the the studios are always looking for more franchises that they can put out there every other year and. Invincible could be one of those. So. Right. You ready for it, Paul? You excited? Yeah. Yeah, I think they could do some really good things with this if uh, if they, you know, geared in the right directions. Do we want to roll into an, another studio's Warner Brothers that's trying to pump out as many movies as it possibly can, you know, possibly within one year? Do we want to go there? Yeah, why don't you guys start? <laughs> Is oh. there, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, um, there is a, ru- this is a rumor, everybody, 
that Warner Brothers, who owns the rights to the DC heroes as franchises such as Superman, the Man of Steel, the Suicide Squad, all the DC heroes, and of course, Batman. And in 2019, is that right? 2019 will be the 80th anniversary of The Dark Knight. And for said anniversary, the rumor is that Warner Brothers is looking to possibly put out four Batman-related movies in 2019. Not all Batman sent not all Batman as the main focal figure, but Batman has a gigantic family, as we all know. He has Batgirl, he has Nightwing. Um He needs to give away some of these kids for adoption, I think. <laughs> so Let the rumor foster them for God's I think sake. they need to just kill the majority of his supporting cast. Yeah, the rumor is that they're gonna put out four of these movies in one year. So real quick, Paul. So not who, wait, not wait, wait. Bruce starring Bruce Wayne Batman just, just bat bat family bat centric bat bat centric bat family let's thin the herd real quick Paul if you could kill one member of the bat family who do you kill uh Duke Thomas who the hell is that he is the current uh Robin not really Robin oh yeah okay I know who you're talking about the guy in the black and yeah. yellow bat yeah, yeah. suit yeah that was pretty terrible yeah, can I have another one? Yeah, give me two. Um, Jason Todd. Yeah, Seriously, never needed to. Didn't we kill him once? Never you know, needed like, to be brought back from the dead. Yeah. Don't know why he still exists. He's a useless character. He's a pointless character. Um, you know, he's more effective to Batman dead than he is alive. He's a reminder of Batman's failure while he's dead. When he's alive, Batman can essentially be like, "Whew, that was a freebie." What was the failure? <laughs> Failing to keep one of his wards alive. Do you think maybe the best way to do that would be not to dress him in in flesh-colored tights and make him fight against the, the most deadly bad guys on the planet? Do we feel like the tights were flesh-colored or were they booty shorts that he was wearing? <laughs> they were booty shorts. They were booty Sorry. shorts. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were they were booty yeah, shorts. don't. Hey, the lesson that we learned: don't don't have sexy kids running around with you. The yeah. Joker's gonna fucking don't kill them. Don't you think that would have been the better way to keep everyone safe? At this point, I'm willing to take Tim Drake <laughs> out of the equation. I'm willing to whittle it down to three in the Bat family. <laughs> Who are your three surviving Bat family members? Bruce Wayne, Alfred. Bruce Wayne. Does he count? He's like the he's like the the, the matriarch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruce Wayne, Alfred, and Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Really, no Robins. No Robins. I feel like Robin's important to the Bat mythos. Uh, you give me a Damian Wayne. I know you guys hate him, but I actually think he serves a purpose. I I think you can. I think if we're gonna if you're gonna make me. Have a Robin. Or making you have a Robin. I'm going to make it Tim Drake. Tim Drake. I think Tim Drake I'm gonna, is the... I'm going to rewind the clock back to like animated series time where Tim Drake, he hasn't, like Tim Drake hasn't outgrown being Robin yet. Tim Drake is the one that wanted to be Robin and earned it. Tim Drake is the greatest Robin because he sought out the mantle. He earned it. He figured out Bruce's secret all on his own. Right. Uh, like Tim Drake's the one that wanted to be 
Robin. He out he didn't Batman th- Batman. Right. He didn't get thrown into it. He didn't have bigger aspirations of, you know, being Nightwing or being someone else. He wanted to be Robin. That was his goal. And he was the best at it. So I'll, I'll give you Tim Drake, but that's it. Uh, kick Barbara Gordon back to being Oracle and get rid of everyone else. So you're pro uh, paraplegic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are you anti paraplegic, became... Ian? You got no, something against the disabled? I'm I'm anti making people uh, disabled. She became a um, greater part of the overall DC universe when she was Oracle. I agree. I agree. They were. It, she, it, it was a much better dynamic. Ian, uh, are you going to whittle your Bat family down? Um, yeah, sure. If we're doing this, um, I do like Damien. I really think that he serves a purpose for Batman. It's I do. The, I do too. It's, it is honestly in the history. If you count all these Robins, it's the natural extension of his like fatherly embrace of a sidekick being his own son. Um, I don't necessarily like the way that Grant Morrison wrote him, but I've liked how other writers have handled Pete Massey has handled him well. So I think that he he is a he's a great Robin Alfred. I almost feel like Alfred doesn't count. Like he should be there all the time. Like he's almost an accepted part that is standard. You know what I mean? Like he should always he should always be there. I like Oracle, but I also like Oracle to be more of a DC centric. Like didn't she help other people as well? At yeah, her height as Oracle. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I like her as Oracle. She, yeah. Like, you know, you not only gave her a seeming disability, but you made her more important to the, to, to the entire world. Yeah. Not so just, me- I'm helping Gotham as Batgirl. She became integral to the Justice League and like all the other parts of the Earth that the DC Universe was protecting. So give me Oracle Bat, give me Oracle, but as like DCU centric character and then give me nightwing and then that's it like it should be nightwing robin batman fucking done that's it yeah yeah i, I agree no with spoiler that. no duke johnson good lord none of that none no of onyx shit. no Azrael. definitely no jason todd no jason oh jesus no jason todd you know what i think would be kind of cool what's that if damien's kind of like assassin training manifested itself somehow as he got older and he turned on Bruce Wayne. And I typically hate like future travel dimension shit, but I would like to see a more grown up version of Damien. That's like Bruce Wayne's biggest adversary. I I think that would be pretty, they do give you that. that. Like the, they give you the future. Was that part of flashpoint? Um, there was I, I there was, was a story where no 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 Flashpoint's Thomas Wayne, but don't they they give you the one hit where Damien is Batman, where he's wearing the trench yeah. coat? Yeah. That's like the that was part of the Grant Morrison run, but that's Damien as Batman in the future. So you get sort of well, what Matt did, was um, talking about. They did a similar story, but it wasn't where Damien gets so old and then that training kicks in. They do it as part of the regular. Pete Tomasi story in Batman and Robin where the book Batman and Robin um, with Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason where Damien can't help himself. Like they go out on routine patrols and Damien kills a guy. And Bruce is like, what are you fucking doing? And Damien's like, what? I'm saving the city. 
This is how it needs done. And he's already had, he has that like murderous side built into him. And like Bruce has to help him like channel that and overcome that because that's all he knows growing up in the League of Assassins. That's where I think that Damien is a great extension of the story of Batman because it's like, where would your insanity go unchecked Bruce Wayne? Would it end up like that? You know, would it, would it go so far as to cross the line where you don't kill people and you don't use guns and all that? But Damien doesn't give a shit. He's killing people and doing those things. And, and to see maybe Bruce Wayne have to be, he's never had to be a father or, you know, like, or he's failed at it when he did. And that's part of what Pete Tomasi did so much better than Grant Morrison. Cause Grant Morrison was like, Hey, here's a kid. He's an asshole. But like Pete Tomasi was like, all right, well, let's explore how yeah. Damien doesn't really want to be an asshole. And he's fighting against nature versus nurture the entire time. And Bruce is also fighting with that built in nurture side of him. And it, really made both characters like sing together like if we're rewriting the the bat universe do we kill jason todd or like what do we do do we like straight up so he has like a second failure even with like the greatest oh if we're doing it right now yeah like if we're doing like to revise it damien okay here's what happens yeah yeah and you didn't get to say what your piece meant here here's what happens damien goes bad and he kills jason todd then Batman doesn't have a Robin anymore, so Tim Drake comes back to assume the mantle as the true Robin. And then together they have to figure out a way to take down this this assassin that Bruce Wayne trained himself from like a really young age. I think that would be a cool story. But that we need to cool do this story. right now and like in like a month of comic book continuity. So Damien's still like eleven. So why can't he Bruce somehow and Tim need to go after an eleven-year-old? I, I feel to kill like him? an eleven-year-old should be able to kill Jason Todd. A bunch <laughs> of them did in the eighties, right? They called <laughs> that was... number and they killed him. Fuck <laughs> it, just have like the powers that be come down and be like, "Hey, Doctor Manhattan's coming around," and boop, oh, he's gone. Reality's changed. This guy's been dead the whole time. Everybody thinks he's been dead the whole time. Just like how in uh, Superman, Mixius Pitalik was like, "Hey." Nobody remembers new 52 Superman anymore. Uh, old 52 guy's been here the whole time. He is now your the Superman that's been here the whole time. So same with Lois Lane. Yeah. Done. Out. See now, Just rewrite like, it. You're out of here. I think if we kill off, like, say on the back of, like, if we kill Jason Todd and then we uh, kill, we kill Tim Drake and then we replace them him both of those robins with like the most psychotic robin of all time damian that's not the balance that batman needs at this point i don't want to kill tim, tim drake i want to just rewind the clock and restart and just have him never be it and okay. have damian never never happen i'd be fine with that too oh okay i see what you're saying but, okay because but- like like ultimately like <clears throat> when you think about it like come on like batman the the most thought out. Oh, here you go. A go billion ahead, steps it. ahead, like most in control guy of his body. He's gonna accidentally come in Talia. He did it and- on purpose. He had the cow on. It was the desert, bare <laughs> chest, super seventies hairy, and he just 
He just shot it. It was the seventies, man. That. I get that. And if that's free how, love, and if that's how the story played out, that Graham Morrison rewrote it when Graham Morrison wrote his version, and he wrote it like, yeah, I meant to do that. Then okay, I get it. But Graham Morrison wrote Batman just as surprised as anyone that he had a kid. He didn't know he fucking came in her and she had a baby. I don't think that. And Batman's too Batman to just fucking unleash in some girl. Even as. Not know it. As regiment as Batman is, that Talia pussy boy, it'll get you. Not for fucking Batman. It's the pussy of the demon. No, I know. It's the fucking demon's pussy. I know. Well, you fuck the demon and see what happens, all right? I get it. I totally get it. But not Batman. Superman no, may come in her and not, and, not get it. And even, no. even Batman. Not That's Batman. the point. That's what they were trying to tell the kids. Even the demon's pussy will get you, man. That's not what they were trying to fuck tell Fuck you. Kids. Yes, they were. That wasn't it. It's 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 too it's too silly that Batman accidentally gets a girl pregnant. Because I like he that does, this is what you're tripping up that. on. Because Batman would pull out. Because that's where it starts. Theory. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Batman is so in tune with his body, he would come but not come. How's that work, buddy? He would experience he would experience it, but internalize that semen. He's like sting. It, He's would, like come out as, it would come out as butt or something. It like shit well, that, come. Well, He's so good at internalizing his orgasm. Well, that's completely plausible. Yeah, all, everything I just said is is insane. But yeah, for real though. So there's gonna be four Batman movies. Yeah, there's gonna be four <laughs> Batman movies in 2019, or four Batman family Batman movies. So we'll pro- So they're probably aiming for Batfleck Batman, right? They're gonna do Nightwing. They're gonna do Batgirl. And then what would the fourth Batman movie be? What would you guys want? What were the first three? Batman. Maybe it'll be Batman, right? The Batman, Batgirl, Nightwing, and then a fourth unnamed one. Or Sirens. I guess it would be Sirens. I guess that would count. But what do you want? What would you guys want? Um, So I have to have four Bat-centric movies. In Absolute, one year, absolutely. That's the rule. That's the rule. It's not. I'm not. It's <clears throat> Warner Brothers, man. They're making the rules. I would have Bat, the Batman, where they establish the universe. Mm-hmm. I would have the Batman Two, where they kill everybody that I don't want <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> I would have, <laughs> and they rewrite the universe, and Doctor Manhattan comes out with his blue penis, and he like waves it like a magic wand, and everything's. Different. I would have the Batman three, where Superman fixes everything, and By then I would have the, world the Batman four <laughs> and Zack Snyder, where it's spins the right Batman the universe that I want written by Bruce Tim. Cool man, that's cool. That's I what like I want, it. Matt. What would you want as your fourth Bat centric movie? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, in one year, I I would want. Honestly, I want Batman one, two, three, and four. Oof. That's what I want. I don't need Batgirl. I don't need Nightwing. Just I like Batman, and I, that's what I would want. Yeah, I don't need any of that extra bullshit. Like if I, if, if if I need four <clears throat> bat centric movies, just tell me four different. Really good right. Batman stories. I definitely don't give a crap about sirens. Totally don't care about that. Well, 
we need to get that Harley Quinn name out there. Uh, we don't. That's gonna. That's Sirens is essentially gonna be the Harley Quinn movie, guest starring or with cameos of Poison Ivy and yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. That's gonna. Have nothing oh my to god! Do with- I hate Harley Quinn. I hate Harley Quinn. That bad, huh? Oh my god! Her and Deadpool are my two most hated comic book characters. So why don't we why don't we talk a little Thor Ragnarok? Harley Quinn's not going to be in Thor Ragnarok, right? We don't think so. Probably not. Uh, not from this teaser, no. So, did you guys think this was a really long teaser? Well, who said it was a teaser? I think that's what the that's internet what said. Yeah, that's what the internet says. It's all been promoted as a teaser. When you Google it, it's teaser. So, yeah, it's, um, every time I've seen it today, it's been billed as a teaser. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Whatever. Let, let's yeah, call it, it a trailer. Was, it was long. Call it a trailer. Um, like the length is the least important part about it in the teaser trailer. That's what she said. When does, when does this come out? I feel like it came out today. Yeah. <laughs> this, today. That's what I, when does the movie come out? Oh, when does the movie come out? That's what I mean. So, um, just, just. I don't know how official this is, but if you ever go to like uh, Apple trailers, like trailers.apple.com, they'll have like at the bottom little thumbnails of all the trailers. And the first one will say like teaser and then it'll say trailer. It actually says trailer for um, Thor. Okay. I thought it was... So maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was the length of a trailer. So, you know, whatever. Um, November 3rd is when this comes out. So we're... This November 3rd? 2017, this huh. year, yes. How about them apples? They've been very quiet about this one since the highly underrated Thor The Dark World got beat up so badly, mostly on this was, podcast. Was, <laughs> I think all the bad press that Thor The Dark World got was generated by uh, the the this podcast, Under, honestly. Underrated? What did that uh, rate at? Yeah. Didn't it rate I quite I think high? it rated at a 9 out of 10 on the McSauce scale by some unknown member of the McSauce podcast group some maniac you know i probably said it was a one and just to be devil's advocate you were like it's a nine yes that sounds exactly like what i would do so yes that's how it all went down but thor ragnarok has been sort of under the radar because thor has been kind of not the most popular avenger as of late and chris hemsworth in the interim, has been off doing his own thing. He's he co- he's been like a co-star in a lot of things. He was in Vacation in Ghostbusters, so he's he's been kind of honing his comedic uh, wares out there. He's been trying to people trying like to, it. People do like it, and I think it shows in this new trailer. They're going all in, if you will. They're they're kind of bridging the gap between the. Brightly colored, really funny Guardians, Marvel, Cosmo, Cosmos kind of stuff, and and bringing it in with the more serious toned Avengers universe, and taking one of those characters and plopping it right in that brightly colored silliness. Uh, yeah, like I'm, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this trailer. All all days, like it released pretty early this morning Mm -hmm. and uh all day it's just been stroke fest (laughs) from (laughs) tons of different sources like you know people you know 
people that I follow that, you know, are, you know, uh, you know, people that do stuff for DC and Marvel and, you know, for the general, you know, media or, and, you know, they're hyping this movie with friends of mine really hyping this movie. People that didn't like the first two are pretty hyped about this trailer. And I just, like, I can't sign off on this because it just seems so bizarre to me. It seems such a left turn from the first two movies and from anything Marvel's done with Thor at this point. But everyone is just beating their dick about this movie. And... It doesn't. It doesn't look. It looks kind of cheap to me. Um, it looks. It looks crazy, but it looks. Um, and I get what you're saying that it's a left turn from what we've seen before. I don't necessarily agree with cheap. I think it looks in line with the other Marvel products. It doesn't jump out like, oh man, this this doesn't look like other Marvel movies. It looks like other Marvel movies. Um. There's a handful of scenes where the costumes and the aliens and the scenery looks like, oh, we could probably make that here. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look as, it doesn't look as polished. Like, it doesn't look like it's filmed in a way that I believe Thor's on some other world or on some other spaceship. Like, you know, I, I look at that stuff and I'm like, oh, well, that's clearly a soundstage. It doesn't look, it doesn't look real to me. It looks like they're trying to, trying to, to like uh, mimic what a lot of a lot of what Guardians did, but doing it poorly. Yeah, I mean they are exactly trying to mimic what Guardians did. That's exactly what they're doing because eventually they're going to have to bring these two franchises, the Avengers and the Guardians, together, and this is the way that they're going to do it with this character that already sort of exists in a realm outside of Earth. And Thor does have some fantastical elements to it, but they're just ramping it through the roof with this. Well, all of, all of the Asgard stuff, I think, looks great. It looks like the Asgard that we've come to know. It looks like a real action science fiction movie. Like, Asgard looks great. Uh, Hela... Hela, I don't. You know won't get any argument from me. I don't pronounce that. Cape uh, Blanchett looks super fucking sexy, and when she has that big helmet with all like the horns and the spikes on it, mm-hmm. it looks so fucking cool. All that stuff looks great. Asgard looks great. The Asgard scenes look great, but when they go to the war planet. The gladiator planet. Is it maybe your that's version to gladiator things? No, that's where everything falls apart. That's where yeah. like some of the alien masks look like I could get them down at the spirit store around Halloween. <laughs> like a lot of the colors are just like I can see that, oh, that door's made of foam. That's mm-hmm. not some alien metal. Like there's the scene where they put Thor in a chair. And he has a guard behind him, and it looks like an elevator is going to close mm. in front of him. That entire thing looks so fake to me. Yeah. Huh. The the black chick from Westworld that's in it, like her makeup, Jeff Goldblum's makeup, it looks so bizarre. It looks like 
what's that movie with Sean Connery where he has like red leather? League of Extraordinary. No, he, he has like Medicine a tiny Man. little red leather suit on and a black ponytail the entire time. It's from the seventies. Oh, I sort of know what you're talking about. It looks like they went yeah. so over the top to make things look futuristic or alien that it looks like a bad assumption of what an alien world is going to look like. Um, I I don't know, man. I I think that it it really all looks pretty similar to what they did in Guardians. All of the aliens look very similar. The bright colors, Jeff Goldblum, you know, looks like um, the collector. It's and that's all what, very right. similar. I, and that's the world they're building. I agree with that. And that's what I can't put my finger on about it, is that when Guardians does it, everything feels exactly like it should in that universe. And I think maybe what it is, is it's the tone that this trailer takes. Yeah. Guardians, you know, all the Marvel movies up to Guardians, they have their fair share of comedy. You know, Evening at the Improv, we've made all of our jokes here tons of times. Marvel movies are too funny. Mm -hmm. But they've always had a serious tone. They've had comedy interjected, but they've always been fairly serious movies, except Guardians, which was more so... straight comedy. It was pretty much an action comedy. Yeah. And that's where this movie looks like it's going. But in comparison with the first two Thors, which were Marvel standards, pretty serious movies with that Marvel bent of humor added in, like this is more Guardians. And going from the first two Thors tones to this one, it's real jarring for me. And I think that's where a lot of the bright colors and the costumes are really making me feel like this... This feels fucking wacky. And I'm not saying it doesn't look good or cool or funny. Yeah. It's just so jarring to me that I can't really wrap my head around it just yet. Like, I honestly welcome them using Thor and Chris Hemsworth in this way because in the interim between these, the last Thor movie and the last Avengers movie, he's done, like I said, He's been in a bunch of comedies and kind of shown that that's something that he's good at. And that's something that people maybe want to see more from his Thor character. You sort of see a little bit of some of that, that uh, levity, you know, whenever the Hulk comes out and he's like, oh, great. You know, this is my friend from work. Like, that's cool. Like, I really like to see more of the funnier side and the lighter side of Thor. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. And Thor's never been, you know, the most dire of characters in any of his appearances. Um, but, I mean, this one, they just, uh, it just really cranked up the Guardian's tone on it. Yeah. It's way more lighthearted. Uh, and, now, granted, this is one trailer cut together all by itself. There may be an entirely other cut trailer that is the most serious, dire of circumstances that takes whole other scenes. There probably is this movie. Though. Do you think that like Thor: The Dark World didn't do as well as they had hoped? So them switching tone probably is for the best for the franchise and maybe the character as well. Matt, what do you think? Awfully quiet over there. I wanted to give you your turn. Turn had. So, 
I thought the trailer was pretty cool. I really liked the 70s kind of presentation of it. Those letters and everything mixed Loved with it. mixed with the immigrant song felt so perfect in a weird way because it, it so isn't Thor, but yet it fit perfectly to me. I was like, hell yeah, I'm excited. Paul, you're totally right that this shares the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy and not the other Thor movies or the Avengers movies. That This doesn't feel like part three of the Thor story. This feels like Thor in a completely different, not a reboot, but like kind of one of those weird things like some of those James Bond movies that suddenly became like comedies. I think that the whole tone can be kind of explained by saying it's on another planet, just like guardian guardians of the galaxy are on wacky different planets. Like it, it actually makes sense. It's in the same universe. It's on different planets, just like guardians. So yeah, why shouldn't it be kind of colorful and wacky and weird costumes? I mean, like, you could take a random shot from this and, and compare it to a random shot out of Guardians and you might not even be able to tell the difference. And the stinger scene from Thor The Dark World is that little tiny bridge when they take um, the artifact to the collector. So that has already established like, yeah, yeah these characters know about all these yep. other worlds and the Guardians universe. So I think that all that has, is already built in and baked into it, like Thor, Guardians. It is. To like, like Guardians to Thor to Avengers. And that's how we're going to bring the audience I, along. I don't know how much I like the fact that they're taking Planet Hulk and making it a Thor story. Like, I never read Planet Hulk, but I, I know the general, the gist of it. And I remember what he looked like in it. And Hulk looks exa exactly right. That's really cool to me. Where I don't get all that excited is when I see Thor in the gladiatorial arena, and it's not Thor anymore, it's Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. It's like, oh, why did you cut his hair? That That totally makes him not Thor anymore and it's just like oh there's Chris Hemsworth. It feels like they did do a trade off where the they say, "Well, we're going to take your hair, but we'll give you a helmet that's similar. It's it's a stylized version of what he yeah, normally Yeah, but he had wears. the helmet in the first movie, dude. Did he have the helmet in the first movie? Yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, I mean, I I get you. They 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 cut his hair and that's a little disappointing. He it, he clearly has it at the beginning, though. Right. And who knows how long the gladiator scene is. There was something, so. and this might make no sense to you guys, but there was something about the opening sequence where he's in chains and he falls down and his body like twists and turns mm -hmm. as, it, as it pulls on the chains. It totally reminded me of something that you would see in a Sam Raimi movie. There was a movement to that that was it, yeah, so yeah. Sam Raimi esque. Yeah, that's, Does that a, make that's sense? a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. There's like a quick jerk at the camera action that happens there. Did you mm -hmm. guys think he was talking to the the viewer? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not? like, "This is how you're probably wondering how I got here, right?" Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, he's talking to me. But he like. 
his mouth isn't moving with the the dialogue, isn't it? It's a voice like like his thoughts. It's a typically done thing in you know trailers. Yeah, but there's a voiceover. But the first time I watched it, it looked like he was looking at the camera, saying, like breaking the fourth wall, saying. You probably wonder how. I oh, I didn't while get that. While he was hanging in those I, chains, I, I didn't, didn't get. I thought he was just breaking the fourth wall through that dialogue, through but not. He didn't say it to us. Right, that's what I thought was happening the first time. No, I, I watched no, it. no, no. I don't think the Thor character is that sacred to me. I, you know, I enjoyed the first two movies. I didn't love them, but how dare you? Sorry. So it's not that sacred where it's like they can't go in a different direction with it. It's like, you know, whatever, whatever. I, as a matter of fact, I'm fine with it if they're if they're not going to do the Marvel paint-by-numbers thing that we typically get. If you want to do something a little different, and I'll tell you what, I'll take anything that gives us Hulk because I think that's awesome. To your point where they're doing the, they're sort of incorporating the Planet Hulk story, I think it's probably the best way to do it as because the Hulk always functions best for me as a side character, as an addition, as a big heavy that you bring in at the end, mm-hmm. not as the leading man. So I think this was a perfect way to do Planet Hulk um, and do the story as much justice as you possibly you know, can. It's frustrating to me because I feel like they've kind of finally figured out the Hulk. Yeah. And yet they're holding back. They're holding back. They're holding back. It's like... Why are they holding back on what, I don't know for you, but he was my favorite part of the Avengers movie. Um, I mean, he was a great part of the Avengers movie. He really was. He was like the breakout star. He wasn't my favorite part, yeah. but he was like the, he was a breakout. He had the, was, he had the movie. most memorable scene, the yeah. two most memorable scenes in the movie. Right. They, they got him right. But do you think that it's overkill sometimes and maybe they're, they learned that, through two feature films that didn't really rate as maybe high as those 15 minutes that he had. Maybe it's better to dose them out. I maybe, but I don't think that's the right thing because I think that they do have it figured out. They do know how to do Hulk. And I'll tell you what, I thought the incredible Hulk was good. It was good. It was, it was all right. It was just as good as Thor or Thor two. I, I greatly disagree with that. As you know, (laughs) No, I mean, like, as much shit as I get for The Dark World, I like Thor way better than I like The Dark World. Thor, I thought, was a really interesting uh, film. You like the sequel better than the first one? No, I like the first one better than... I get shit for the sequel, but I liked the first one way better. It mixes that the medieval stuff with the uh, futuristic things, the, the less sort of, like slightly sci-fi elements that Asgard has mm-hmm. with the superheroes. It's like a mix of all the stuff that I Felt really like. Kind of like Masters of the Universe. Right, you know? And I love that shit. Uh-huh. So it had all those elements that I really, really adore. It was good. It was it was very good. Um, But, I don't know. Maybe I didn't like Hulk, The Incredible Hulk better than that one. I definitely liked it better than the sequel. I think, yeah, you know what? I did like it. I liked it better than one than either Thor movie. And um, I think Edward Norton actually was a pretty good Bruce Banner. I think Mark Ruffalo has, you know, surpassed him. Mark Ruffalo has that like boiling calm 
that yeah. I think is right. And, and not that Edward Norton didn't have that. I think he would have been fine yep. moving forward. But I think they found a good substitute um, in Mark Ruffalo. Um, I still enjoyed the the big fight at the end of Incredible Hulk when he fought the Abomination. Yeah, I that, was, that cool. was cool. I love the sequence when it looked like the... The fire was going to engulf the the helicopter that um, uh, what's his girlfriend's name Betty Brant was on. I think so. It was Liv Tyler. I just know the actor. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. And he and he ran up to it and he clapped his hands and and the air from that like made the fire go. I thought that was a cool moment. And Hulk is Hulk, Hulk's always been one of your favorite characters, right? I do like or, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I love the Incredible Hulk, and I just feel like they they, they get him. They have Mark Ruffalo, who is really good. Yeah. Make a fucking Hulk movie. It would do yeah. so well. And I just don't know why they don't. Maybe the fervor will be at a fevered pitch after the third co-starring role mm-hmm. that we'll have as the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. So maybe you'll eventually yeah. get your Hulk movie. But I will say this. I, look, everybody's excited about this on Twitter and everything. I can't disagree. I thought it looked good. I was looking forward to uh, finally seeing something, and this completely went against what I was really expecting. I agree. And but I liked it. I liked what I saw. I wasn't like, "What is this?" I was kind of like, "What is this?" Kind of, you know, excited. And the only thing that I kind of don't get. Well, I guess there's a lot that I don't get, but one of the big things is it's called Ragnarok, right? Right. Which is part of Norse mythology. It's it's like the end of days. Is that right? I think it has something to do with the afterlife, but it has nothing to do with the planet and planet Hulk. I don't understand why yeah. it's called Ragnarok. I don't know. Well, maybe, I mean, like, there's clearly... It uh, sure looks like that there could be some Ragnarokness going on when he gets lowered down into that pit that looks like hell or the end. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a portion of it. And who knows? I mean, I'm I'm willing to let them explain it to me. But um, yeah, it looks it looks super cool. I'm really excited to see it. It looked like it had some really amazing kind of like shot 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 setup type things like mm-hmm. the. The angles and everything, it, it was a little bit reminiscent of like DC stuff in terms of kind of the, I don't know, it's almost like things are framed in a certain way. I forget mo- who the director is, but they did get somebody different that wasn't from the Marvel The guy stable. that did... Um, what We Do in the Shadows, yeah. right? Is that which, really who they got? Yeah, yeah which huh. if you haven't seen it... It's actually really good. Yeah, you really you were a big fan of that. So. I like that a lot. I feel like it's funny, but it gets way too much hype for what it is. Like I is watched it, it. Is it? I like. Can it. you have too much hype in like under twenty four hours? Is that possible? Yeah. Not the oh, Thor oh, trailer oh, for what um, we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Oh, okay. I thought oh, you that? Know this trailer. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I saw it. It, yeah, it. it was. It was all right. It I don't feel right. like it gets. I feel like most people don't know what it is. I feel like everybody I know knows what it is, and they beat their meat to it like absolute meat-beating maniacs. That's because it's really good. 
It's all right. Because it's I mean, really good. Some funny. There's a couple funny parts, but or, it's not like or many, but that's okay. Well, Matt, I would love you to. I would love you to open your mind just once on the show to the opinions of other people and realize that you know what? Maybe something that you like isn't the be all end all. I didn't and, say you know, it was maybe the be-all there, there are things better than what you like and things that are worse you know, than would, what you like and that it's all okay. Not just, you know, the mat way or the highway. Paul, I would think you would be more that open way. to things that, that aren't just mainstream can actually be good, which is why I'm surprised you don't like the Thor trailer more am, considering I how mainstream it is. I am open to all kinds of things. Oh, I'm liking this. I am open to all kinds of things. Okay. I like, I, I'm do you like different of things? whatever, yeah. I do like different things. How about that? I don't think what we do in the shadows deserves all the hype that it gets. Like I, but I, I also think airplane is fucking stupid. Well, you're stupid. Airplane's pretty funny. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it is pretty funny. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I mean, I get why. I understand why people like it, and I don't begrudge people for liking it. But do you I, like? I don't. I'm not crazy. The about Naked it. Gun movies or. No. No, okay. But Paul doesn't I have liked, a great sense of humor. For but comedies. I liked um, the Charlie Sheen ones. See what uh, I mean? Uh, <laughs> what hot shots? Yeah. <laughs> See, right. I stand by my statement. His taste in comedies is awful. Oh boy. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. Yeah.